Some women impersonate Sex in the City's Carrie Bradshaw with vast closets full of fantastic clothing. Even Sarah Jessica Parker pretends to be Carrie Bradshaw when she walks the red carpet. However, there is one woman in New York City who, if he knew her, would have been Darren Starr's real muse. Let me introduce you to Susan S. Warner, the adorable petite blonde who at 59 lost her handsome, extraordinary husband to cancer six months after her wonderful 32-year-old son died by suicide. It's now four years later. After the most challenging days and nights, Susan decided to live her best life possible. And just like that, Susan was suddenly single. Carrie may have Susan beat on exposure, but Susan has Carrie beat on life's experiences. Listen in. Baby love. Susan Warner became a grandmother on March 28, 2023. Her daughter Elizabeth gave birth to Madeline Elliot Clancy. Her whole world has changed once again. She's experiencing so much happiness and so much promise for a new and exciting future. Madeline is named for Michael, Susan's husband, and the baby's middle name is for David Elliot, her son. What a beautiful tribute. Elizabeth and her husband, Patrick, made sure both family members are frequently remembered and honored. While Susan is thrilled that her immediate family has expanded so beautifully, she never forgets what she lost six years ago. She moves forward with their memory always surrounding her. She has a very healthy attitude about life in general. It's time to hear more about it. Susan, can you explain the details of Madeline's birth and your role? I'd love to. Let me start with August of last year. It was David's fifth yurtzeit, the fifth anniversary of his death on August 18th. And somewhere in that week, Elizabeth and I participated in a ritual that we do during the week and that Arthur and I do on weekends, where we jump in the car with the dog and go to Hampton Coffee for coffee. And we have a conversation and she teases me about the night before and we talk about dreams and sleep and sometimes just listen to music. It's a really warm ritual. Been doing it for years and years. We get to Hampton Coffee and I turn off the car and she turns towards me and says, wait one second. I said, what's up, babe? She said, mom, I'm pregnant. With that, the tears and the emotion that flooded out of me was completely unanticipated. I sobbed. I sobbed for the beauty of the moment. I sobbed for the closeness to my daughter and I sobbed for the thought of another generation, the life cycle completing coming into this world. It was such a special moment and a special day. As I said, it was a few days before David's yurtzeit, and I believe that's what made that year even more difficult for me. You'll, you'll read in my book, Never Say Never, Never Say Always, how I was in so much pain, like a wounded animal. And I think the coming of new life and the reconciliation of life's past all came crashing in on me in that moment. So that's how I found out she was pregnant. And that's the start of this journey. Um, as far as Madeline's birth goes, she was due April 18th, which actually is today. And um, I had been through the process of pregnancy with Elizabeth. She was incredibly inclusive in her pregnancy beyond what one would expect. Um, her doctor is located close to my apartment and on visits that Patrick couldn't go to, she would invite me to go and 
I would go in and she would get undressed and the sonograms and the talks with the doctor. And she included me in on all of this to the point that I felt like it was our baby. And sometimes she would say to me, are we doing this together? Are, are, are you giving birth to? And honestly, Lois, I felt like I was giving birth to and in a, in a beautiful way. So three weeks prior, she went for her normal Monday visit. Um, she said, don't go. It's just routine. And called me and said her blood pressure was spiking and that they wanted her to go to the neonatal unit at Mount Sinai to get a check. She went. We both have white coat syndrome. We thought it was that. It looked like they were sending her home. The next thing I know, they told her to go home, take a shower, wash her hair. They're checking her in at midnight. So we went from three weeks preparation to come to no preparation. And off after midnight, Elizabeth and Patrick went to the hospital, checked in, checked into their delivery labor room. And I spent the night home because they had so much paperwork to do and vitals to do. They said, don't come till tomorrow. So all through the night, I was up the whole night. Arthur was incredible, making jokes, trying to make me laugh, watching me toss and turn, keeping me occupied. But every time the phone would ping, I would run to the text and I asked Patrick to keep me um, abreast all night, which he did wonderfully. Um, that morning, I had had cataract surgery the day before. That morning, I had to go for my post-op, which I didn't want to do, but you have to. I ran over there. Um, and then Pat says, I think you should come to the hospital. We're starting to contract. So I flew at 10 o'clock in the morning over to Mount Sinai and stayed with them for the duration. It was a magnificent experience. The hospital staff, the hospital, her doctor were incredible. But the most incredible was the love and commitment between Patrick and Elizabeth. I had lived with them during COVID. They had lived with me, actually, out east. So I knew my son-in-law. And I, of course, I knew my daughter and I knew their relationship. This was before they got married. We all lived together. But the depth of care and love and commitment, and not in a, in a sappy, hokey way, best friends and lovers going through this together, together. It was beyond anything I've ever experienced. And any, all of the respect I had for them just ballooned and multiplied with what I witnessed during labor and delivery. Labor and delivery is far more civilized than when I had my children. They pay much more care to the situation with the mother. They're much more comfortable. It's much less medicized. Um, we would watch the contraction. She had an epidural, so she was comfortable. And then it, they said, it's time. And the contractions came fast and the team comes in and I decided boundary-wise I should leave. I thought that the delivery of their child was their moment, not mine. Personal choice, some mothers say I wanted to be outside. So I went to the waiting room. I asked Pat to get me when they were done. I took my magazine out of my coat and I hear his voice in the hallway. Two pushes and Madeline was born. It was the most joyous of times. It was just incredible. I must say, and I'll go back to this, I'm, I wasn't sure of my place. I wasn't sure where I belonged in this whole dance, but they were so inclusive and so warm and so kind to me and to the experience that I felt completely enveloped in it. And as you hear, it is a moment I will never forget. One of the great moments of my life. So that's how <laughs> Madeline was born, and that was my role. So all I could say is that 
your higher power, religiously, spiritually, certainly gave you the the experience and the joy that you deserved. And, <laughs> and, and most people on earth have not necessarily experienced your tragedy, but they certainly have not experienced your joy. And okay. that was, that was a great, a great share. So people <laughs> could know that when bad things happen, very, very wonderful things happen later. So that Absolutely. was an amazing, that was an amazing story. And, uh, good people did, you know, a wonderful thing for another good person. So, uh, <laughs> that all fits in, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, El Natural. Well, let me, let me jump in and just say to you that you said, you know, you deserve. And it's interesting. My brother-in-law, John, made that comment to me. And my comment back is, we all deserve goodness. We do. We all deserve the kindness and the joy. And, and nobody's grief makes them more deserving. Yes, you feel better for those people that can feel it again. But I just want to qualify by saying we all deserve this in life. And I hope that most mothers get this opportunity that Elizabeth and Patrick gave me because they gave this to me as a gift. And as far as the spirituality goes, and you know I believe in spirituality, when I walked in to get my coffee the next morning with Winston, my husband's favorite song was on the, on the speakers. And, you know, you walk into places and they're playing songs and sometimes you hear them and sometimes you don't even hear it. And I heard the song and I thought, wow, if I ever got a sign that he was with me and I felt very strongly that he has been with me throughout the entire process. But right then and there, you know, the next morning, Michael's favorite song was playing. So I felt very keyed into the spirituality. Yes. And, and as um, when I texted the rabbi about um, the baby's birth and he said, you know, what's her name? And I said, it's, it's Madeline Elliott. And he said, that's beautiful. And I typed back, Madeline for Michael Elliot David's middle name. He said, Susan, that's more than beautiful. It's powerful. And I believe that my granddaughter has a very powerful name that will carry with her. And that makes me feel really good. Really good. So my She's Maddie to all of us. Maddie. Okay. That's good to know. Maddie. <laughs> M-A-D-D or M-A-T-T? M-A-D-D-I-E. Okay. Maddie. Beautiful. <laughs> so my response to your response to my my, you know, you deserve, you deserve it, <laughs> is that, uh, and whoever, your other relative that said the same thing, we, I want to go deeper on you. Um, not only do you deserve it, but you also appreciate it. And a lot of people, whether they deserve it or not, don't understand the gift that your children gave you because they can't feel the good you're able to feel the good despite whatever you went through. You are able to really enjoy the good, appreciate it, cuddle it, hug it, you know, tell it to others, uh, feel there's a future through it. So um, I think it's, you know, really remarkable. So. Well, Lois, I've always said to Elizabeth, um, and this is from breakups with old boyfriends to the death of her brother and her father, that those people that endure – that feel the low lows can feel the high highs better. So yes, if, if I can, if I can abort the English language, I can, it's gooder to me. Yes, it is. It's sweeter because I know what the bitter taste is. The sweet taste is just sweeter. Mm -hmm. 
I agree with I you. I agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree How with you on that. How is your relationship with Elizabeth and Pat now? Has it changed in any way from It has changed. It has changed. And and let me tell you the two things that has changed. So my daughter is a very accomplished, brilliant, as is my son in law, um, young woman. And as she got married and I've expressed the feelings of being able to embrace that she had a partner by her side now and and not so much me but her partner would stand by her i the inclusivity and the kindness and the generosity that they showed me during the pregnancy and then in the birth and now in parenthood is off the charts and watching them parent together is one of the greatest joys I've ever experienced. I mean, I think that Michael was an incredible father, but I could count on one hand the amount of diapers he changed. Pat is in there. They're partnering. You know, they're another generation. He could take off a week or two. Elizabeth's on a four-week, a four-month leave. And he was in there. I came by the other day, and he was feeding her and said, Susan, would you like to? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. But all of it, he's there to change the diaper. He's there to hold her. He's there to comfort her. They are in this together. I asked him how going back to work was after a week, and he said, I'm a little distracted. I miss them. And I've just seen a respect for their relationship and their love and their parenting. So two high-powered finance people then can so embrace this role as well, and it, it's just the most heartwarming, magnificent thing I have witnessed. Also, um, my daughter is calling on me more as her mother, as her friend, and I'm eating that up. I love it. You know, she was so independent in her world, traveling, living, working, you know, working beyond things that I understand. But motherhood, I got a leg up on. So now she calls on me for things. And if I could air quote, needs me more, and I'm loving that. I have to admit it. I love it. And I love where it's taken us, a, a new level, another piece of, of depth in our relationship because not only do we share this role we share this child and that is mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing well you do i i'm happy for you i'm very Thank very you. happy for i'm you. happy for them too very happy for them oh no question about it mm -hmm. um if you could tell if you can tell us about your general thoughts and feelings since Madeline has been born. I'm sure you've been thinking overtime knowing you. So <laughs> yeah, it's compl it's complicated. It is. So, you know, I established this new life and in some ways it was more simplistic and it was more about me. It's probably the first time in my life that um I had less um to take care of. Kind of me and and now of course with um a partner and and with my children and my family, but more me centric. And it is no not anymore. I'm dancing, finding my place in this. You know, do I see Madeline every day? Do I go every other day? I don't ever want to overstep my bounds. I'm very concerned about boundaries because I don't ever want to be that mother. And 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 there is that joy of grandparenting that people tell you about is you get to come and you get to go. And there's a beauty to that. There is one thing that I would like to discuss that has a bit consumed me, and that's a little bit of fear. When Elizabeth was in labor through the night and I was home, the depth of fear I felt was the most frightened I've ever been. The thought of anything happening to my daughter and then my grandchild simultaneously, I couldn't breathe through the night. I, I just wanted them to be okay, and I couldn't make it better. I left them in the hands of 
you know, the hospital and the doctors and, and nature. But that level of fear of their safety and their health was overwhelming. I did ask a few of my friends about that. And I said, am I being irrational because of what I've gone through? And they said, no, they feel that as well. That there is, they took it one step further and said that their fears with their grandchildren lie in the world, in what we've, what legacy we are leaving these children. You know, what a mess with, with school shootings. I have, I have friends whose children are in school with school shootings, with, um, you know, nuclear proliferation, with the climate, with wars, with the economy, with social media. There, a lot of them were concerned in the big picture that we haven't created a very bright picture for the next generation. Mine is more personal right now about the safety of, of this nuclear family that I love so intensely. So that's what I've been thinking about a lot. It's a little bit heavy, but it's, it makes me smile and it makes me joyous and it makes my heart sing most of the time. Well, you're not alone in your thoughts about that. I didn't know really honestly, other than my own immediate family, how much people thought about that because I see two different families, you know, several different families doing different things. There's some kids, you know, young adults that have children that are oblivious to what's going on around them, and they're live, living the same productive lives as I did when I was bringing up my daughter and had a business and a husband and lots of friends and mm-hmm. you know, traveled the world. Then I see other young adults in their 30s and 40s that are paralyzed by what's going on. So I know that everybody is concerned, but um, that's the world that it is now, and and um, you know, there are people that felt during uh, Vietnam that we were threatened yes. so, so greatly also. Yes. So that doesn't, that doesn't go away. Your feelings are because you're more sensitive, you know, to, uh, um, you know, to what life, you know, what could go wrong in life. But that's, True. that, that, that is just a natural feeling that that's who makes up Susan Warner. So true, yeah, yeah. but it's, but being a grandparent and, and I know Lois, you and I have discussed this. I'm not sure anybody really understands until you take on that role. It's, it's somewhat like parenting. You don't understand right. what it's like to be a mother until they hand you the child, but right. it's love times two. It's a level. It's like you loved your child and then you love your child's child. So it's like, it's like love times two. It's, it's, another layer of love that in a capacity that you didn't think was possible your heart is full and then it's fuller and it's bigger you know when in the in the Grinch who stole Christmas you know his heart was two sizes too small I'm feeling the opposite it's two sizes too big like it's just it's just so big it's gonna burst when I when I'm with them and it's my love for my children Patrick and Elizabeth and then my love for Maddie and it's just so much love and and it's love times two it's layers and layers and layers of love, and it's extraordinary, truly extraordinary. And I will say, your child having a child, that's just just nature at its best, absolute best. So because you can feel it, and a lot of people don't feel it, and you can articulate it so well, all, I, all my advice to you is, you know, uh, enjoy it. Always, of course, <laughs> you know, always, of course, you know, uh, do everything to make it right. But the point is that don't have any negative energy because everything is going to be beautiful. Everything is going to be great. And, uh, you know, there's often times that people can't feel euphoria. 
and you have the gift to feel euphoria, so you should mm-hmm. certainly feel it. And don't let you. anyone, you know, try to say, but, 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 because there are people in my life that have had nothing but joy that will give me the but, 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 but yes, all the yes. time. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, downers, complete downers. So, uh, you know, enjoy your gift. And that's why you've had this attitude and been able to write this book in a way that most people that went through, you know, what you did were paralyzed for the rest of their life and, you know, just collapsed and, you know, couch potatoes and they just feel like that's where they're the most comfortable and you have done just the opposite. So it's coming out even more. It's interesting that you're saying all these things because it's even coming out more. So you It's interesting too because... I'm not sweating the small stuff. It's not the little stuff like, you know, she has a tummy ache or she's uncomfortable. It's not that. That almost makes me smile when I'm with her and I need to comfort her. It, and and it, it's two other things. It's that I don't want Patrick and Elizabeth to hurt. You know, I don't want them to fret. Almost I want to take it away from them and say, don't, don't. You know, I'll take it from you, which is silly. But it's the it's the big picture that I'm I'm working on about totally, as you say, totally enjoying it and not worrying about what has hit me earlier in my life and just enjoying it for what it is. And that, if you ask me if I need to talk to a therapist about anything now, that would be it. How to put that out and just enjoy all of this beauty that surrounds me right now. Well, I don't know how much time it'll take you not to feel that way. You may feel that way forever. However, uh, you could be rest assured that those two know how to deal with life, always look at the happy side, always th- they are very capable human beings. Uh, you know, you raised a daughter that, uh, you know, unlike most people, you know, knows how to take care of herself and take care of the world. So, mm-hmm. so yes, you're going to worry because that's the role of a mother. But the right. truth is, the <laughs> truth is, that she could stand on her own two feet better than 99% of the world. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. So again, back to you. Do you feel renewed? I mean, all right, so you really did some fabulous explanation here, and you shared great insight to a lot of people that are listening to this podcast. But again, you as a person, uh, you know, um, you know, you really have not, I mean, yes, you did talk about the dark days and stuff like that, but you didn't really uh, go to the oomph degree that most people would be like, oh, I'm so miserable. Why did this happen to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? At some point, you have to be feeling so good or you see yourself in a different position than before. And I'm curious. I feel fuller. I feel fuller. I I feel fuller. That's almost a great like a big word. Meal, almost like a big meal, you know. Um, I know that for a while, one of the things that would make me sad on holiday, till to, to, to recently, was the smallness of our unit and, and the fact that um, other people, and you shouldn't look to other people, but had bigger units. But now that it's grown and there's this whole new piece to this beautiful puzzle, I feel fuller and that there's a 
it's like that flower that's just starting to open now here in spring and it's getting the petals are opening more and more and that's what my heart and my family feels like and i'm really loving that i'm loving being enveloped by this world and and needed and and needed and loved and loved more and loving more have something else to give my love to it's so fulfilling for me. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm I'm speechless. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you feel like you haven't? Well, this. I mean, this really expands on what I, we we talked about before. But do you feel like you have a new lease on life, a better position? I use that word position because, you know, you know, during this journey. You had to feel a little left behind where everybody else was doing other things. So Well said. Well said. Yes. You know what? That's twofold, though. A little left behind and a little above, uh, ahead of everybody. And I've, I've made reference to this, that I got to try new things. I've got to, and I said it straight out, see how other men look at me, touch me, make love to me. My friends who are in, you know, long-term relationship marriages, which lucky them, don't. I got to to talk to new people, to date new people, to find new interests, because I had voids to fill. So in some regard, I got to experience more. In some regard, I felt left behind, that life was moving forward for everybody else, and they were going on to the next chapter in their marriages, in their relationships, in their families, and I was a little stuck. Now, and this is so terrible because what it's actually asking me to do is measure myself against other people. And that's never the goal. But societally, let's say it that way, I feel like I'm in step. And I feel like a young grandmother. That may be my own illusion, but I do. I mean, every time I say to Maddie, Grandma loves you, I'm like, who is that person? Who is Grandma? Who? <laughs> mm-hmm. But Grandma was my mother-in-law, you know? Uh, who's Grandma? But And I don't know if she'll call me that. She can call me anything she wants, but that's where we're, our starting point. And I feel, yes, that's a really good question. I feel like I'm in step with the world. And I'm enjoying that immensely. I do. I feel very much in step with the world. Yet, you were very brave and... Uh... And, you know, you didn't show, show your sadness on your shoulder when you were, when, you know, all the tragedy happened and you had to go through all the different years of moving forward, you know, alone. Well, I, I think that's because in part, Lois, and I will say to my credit, I embraced a lot of it as an adventure. Once I got over the initial, it was basically year of of being so sad and so lonely. Um, I, I, I started to look at this as an adventure. When I planned my first trip to France to see an exhibition that I wanted to see pre-COVID, I was going whether I had someone to go with or not. I was going. So that was all new to me. And, and I looked at every day. I still do. Um, Arthur's away this weekend. He has a convention. And I have my brother's 70th birthday, which I'm going solo, no problem. And then I just bought a movie ticket for Saturday night. And you know what? This movie I want to see. I approach this as an adventure. So that, probably to my credit, I'm going to give myself credit on that one. I, I'm not a person that's going to sit down and and move backwards. I, I got to move forward. That's my momentum is to move forward. And this this jump is 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 even a greater forward momentum. But that's my mo. I like to move forward. I know I know that you have talked about this before, but just a few sentences 
because I think it's a good reinforcement for people that are listening to this podcast and certainly for me. Um, how, you know, how did you, you know, flip that switch? It's my nature. I think that, and I talked about this too in the book, DNA. It's my nature to not wallow, to not feel self-pity, but to move forward. You know, I laughed that I had my cataract on the, the day, actually, that, the day that Madeline was born. I don't even know if I really had it done. And I don't know if I did any of the post-op. I don't even know if I put the drops in. I was moving forward with this birth. Like, that was so secondary. I remember in the hospital room, the reflection of the building off the building, I was blinded by the light because it was freshly done. Right. You know what? It's not important. I, I don't need to, I don't need to stay stuck in those things. I like to jump forward. So whether it was getting on horse again, whether it was traveling with, with someone or without someone, whatever it was, going to the theater, going to the ballet, going to the movies alone, I'm going to experience life and I'm going to move. I'm going to keep that forward momentum going. It's who I am. Well, you got that from your grandmother. So and my mother, and my mother. And your mother. Mm-hmm. Well, uh-huh. Strong women. Yep. Uh, and those are powerful words. So, yeah. um, uh, Will there be any changes, do you think, in your life going forward now that there's a baby in the family and she's yours? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I know, I know October I'm babysitting when they go to a wedding in Mexico for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that they'll be spending an extended time with me out east where I'll actually get to live with my granddaughter for a while, which I'm really relishing. I hope that Saturday nights that we won't be going out. We might be babysitting. Um, I, I look forward to watching her grow of being a very important part of her life. So I'm sure there will be changes. And and let me tell you something. The minute Elizabeth whistles, I'm there. Whatever she needs, I'm there. <laughs> well, that's you. Yep. Do you feel more relaxed about your own personal relationships now that Elizabeth is a wife and a mother? I know you talked about you're more concerned, but there's got to be an element of you. Not It has to be. I'm just curious. Is there an element of you feeling that uh, she's on her own and she is a an adult? that is very capable. Absolutely. You know, I I marvel at her accomplishment in um, her career and I marvel in her friendships. And now after seeing what I saw with she and her husband, marvel. And and I said this before that Elizabeth found a man that could look at her the way that Michael looked at me. Um, So that is so settling as a mother. And then to watch the way she embraced motherhood, which doesn't surprise me because as, Strong as she is in business and as a person, her capacity to love has always been gigantic. So I knew when they handed her this little child that 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 would be the case. But yes, to watch your child be fulfilled on many levels is extraordinary. And to be settled in in a great relationship with a beautiful little baby is extraordinary. Absolutely. And there's going to be you know, bumps in the road, no doubt. I mean, she's going to go back to work and, and she has to find, you know, daycare for the child and, and, you know, all of the things that their life will change. You know, they were huge travelers and they're going to learn to travel with a baby and when to leave her home and when to leave her with me. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes, but I embrace all that. I think it's all good and it's all very settling to find her so happy. She's genuinely really happy. And that as a mother and and through all we've been through, where there's always been a, a hitch, you know, there always that hitch of 
what we've been through, to watch her so fulfilled and so happy is so rewarding and so comforting. You know, you never really went into how Elizabeth managed through you know, the last six years. Uh, I know she's strong. Oh. We all know that, um, you know, she went forward with her life and that a lot mm-hmm. of great things happened. But, uh, and uh, you can't get too personal because it's about somebody else and it's not you. And that would not mm-hmm. be fair for even me to ask. But if there was like, sort of like a synopsis that you could give us in terms of. Well, I'll start, I'll start by saying that that's her story to tell. I will also tell you that um, we are very close and and zig and zag together. When she needed me, I was there. And when I needed her, she was there. I You'll hear in the book the times that she kind of slapped me and said, you know, pull it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, we, I do we depend on each other. Yeah. yeah. We depend on each other emotionally. We protect each other emotionally, which is very interesting. But her coping... And her development in this is her story to tell, not mine. Okay. But I'm very proud of her. Yeah. You have worked very diligently to make your life full again. Are you proud of yourself? Yes, I am proud of myself. Um, I like, and I've said this before, I like who I am. I like who I've become. And I'm happy with that person. And this new development, which I had nothing to do with, but it's, it's, I, I love my role. Um, I'm proud of this book. Um, I'm proud of my work. I'm proud of my work as a college counselor. Um, I'm proud of my relationship with Arthur. I'm proud of my friendships. So yes, I, I am, I'm very happy. When I look in the mirror, I am happy. You haven't asked me about how Arthur plays into this. Wait a minute. Which, uh, I jumped. <laughs> okay, wait a minute, go ahead. wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, do you feel your companion of two years, is, I think it's two years, author, mm-hmm. has played a significant role in this process? Okay, he doesn't want to be called a companion. He wants to be called a partner, he just told me. So we're going to change that. Okay, um, yeah, and I believe you, that's a great input because uh, as I was asking that, or as I considered it, I should say, that question to you, um, uh-huh. I didn't know what to call it. So the fact I that know. he said that, that really, but that solidifies it for a lot of people. That's great. I don't know. That came up yesterday. Yeah. So be it. Um, he said to me, he, we were there on Sunday. We came back from the beach and stopped there. And he took a picture of me with a baby. And he actually said to me later, I, I thanked him for the picture. And he said, watching you with her is pure joy to me. So I think that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Certainly does. He sees what she brings to me, and he embraces that and relishes it and finds so much joy in it that I can only be thrilled by that. He has doctored Elizabeth when she needed it. He, when something goes wrong, he immediately goes to the, to the books or to the best possible people he could find for her. Um, I don't think that he thought of grandparenting in his dating profile when he met me two years ago or was dating lots of women two years ago. I think if you told him that a grandchild playing into this would have been a negative, but he is truly living vicariously as well as realistically. Um, But finding my joy to be overwhelming to him. 
So in the beginning, maybe when she first got pregnant, he was worried about how that would change our relationship. But I don't think that's a concern anymore. And he's been so kind and so giving to me through crises, through my fears, through the physic physicalness of just having to run down to Tribeca. And whenever I ask, the answer is sure. You know, I'll, I'll get the car. So he's been incredible in this journey. And I think has surprised himself how he's embraced it the joy more than he thought he would and how watching me brings in pure joy. I have to be silent because that's, that's such a happy answer that, uh, yes, that, um, says a lot about someone, I think. Right. And again, uh, you and I are very similar in many ways, but very different in other ways. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, trust or, feel the same way about other people, you give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt. I feel that uh, I don't necessarily, just through experience. And mm-hmm. I, and also, I feel that any man that is capable of doing what Arthur is doing is someone that is happy and confident about themselves and is able to do that for you. And I know you're not going to necessarily agree with this, but in my observation, um, a lot of people can't do that. They want to do it, but they can't do it. And the fact that he could be a partner and do that is really another marvelous gift. So it is. Um, it's, it's wonderful that you could that you could tell us about that, so we know that it's possible. Because a lot of women yeah. would say it's. They would. I think a lot of women would say it's impossible to happen. Because men feel this, men feel that, you know, their background, what they want in the future, you know, their needs, you know, it's so obviously it can happen. So mm-hmm. good. And, it and can. I'm glad, it can. I'm He's glad a good man. That. Yes. Um, do you feel the need for therapy now that you are so happy? I, I, I alluded to that before. Yes. I, I want to discuss my, my new role in life, where, how I'm making it all fit, where I belong, um, my, what I think is a slightly irrational um, fear. Yeah, I do. I think that this is a really good time to, to talk through changes. And I think that it will be very helpful. I, I, I'm, I believe the therapy is helpful. And again, this is thanks to Elizabeth, because I didn't hang in there through many therapists until she kind of battered me to hang in. Um, yes, I think that it will be helpful to find my place. And I don't mean my place with them. I mean my place in the dynamic of the world. Right. And yes, I, I will continue. Mm-hmm. So this next question, I feel, begs to be asked. What advice can you give others who are finding themselves in challenging situations after you've come, uh, you know, I want to say full circle. Maybe there's a better word, but that's what I'm thinking now. To look, to, to move forward and to look to the light. Um, I, I know that there's a family who lost a son after I lost David to a, a, an illness that, that was a strange scenario. And their daughter's getting married and it's joyous. That there's joy out there and don't let it pass you by. Embrace it all. Look to the light and take it all in and know that the joy can definitely overcome the pain. It can. Joy is stronger. And it can overcome the pain if you let it. And it's most important that you let it. Okay. So when you look in the mirror now, who do you see? 
<laughs> do I see a grandmother? Not yet, no. And <laughs> maybe thanks to Arthur, he's a plastic surgeon. But um, no, I I see me. I see the same me I've always seen. Um, just a little bit better. A little bit better. A little bit more confident. A little bit more secure. A, I, I, I won't say a little bit happier. That That's not a fair term because I was so happy <coughs> in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit better as a person. And I hope in all of this, in my spiritual thought, that Michael and David embrace this better person and smile and say, good for you. Hmm. I really want to end it with those words because they're so meaningful in so many ways that um, you know, we should just keep thinking about that all the time because that's really terrific. Thank so you for this opportunity to let me share this, yeah. Lois. I appreciate this, yeah, it. Because this is really, this is really been joy. Yeah, this is one for the books, I have to say. So, <laughs> Thank uh, you. This is great. Thank you, and uh, we'll chat next time. Talk soon. Thanks, Lois. Bye-bye.